aware you were going 40 miles an hour? This is a residential area. Sure, but I'm on my lawnmower. Wait, am I getting a ticket? No, I've just never seen anyone top nine miles an hour on one of those bad boys. And mow their entire lawn in 30 seconds? What got into you? Well, it did fuel up at Sunoco this morning. At Sunoco, we know how to fuel peak performance. We've been doing it for American racing for over 50 years. Fuel your best. NASCAR season is here, and everyone on the Toyota racing team is doing their part to perform at the highest level. From driver Ty Gibbs to amateur musician Russell Viper, who's working on the perfect pre-race pump-up track for the team. Start those Camrys up! Yeah! To accomplish greater things this year, everyone plays a part. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. Flow Racing is the ultimate digital home track for race fans everywhere. Subscribe today and stream over 1,300 racing events live and on demand. Flow Racing has something for everyone, like NASCAR Weekly Series, Sprint Car Racing, Drag Racing, Off-Road Racing, and much, much more. Learn more at flowracing.com forward slash go MRN. That's flowracing.com forward slash go MRN. The following is a production of the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. The Motor Racing Network presents NASCAR Live. I feel like we've had a great shot every year um, in, in all the races. Um, I feel like we've done a, a, a great job as a team um, executing the playoffs to get to the round of eight, now to the championship four. Um, we, we've done a good job getting there, and now it's, it's just down to one race. And Phoenix is one of our best racetracks. It's one of Paul's best racetracks uh, by history. And, um, you know, we'll hopefully uh, bring a really fast Shell Penzo Mustang out there. And, and uh, we got a few weeks to think about it, which is nice. We will be able to focus in. We, we've, I've lived this story before when at Martinsville and, and being able to give yourself a, a, a bit of an advantage when you get to Phoenix, when that's all you care about and all you think about for the next couple of weeks, where everybody else is, is fighting, you know, tooth and nail to, to get in, uh, we're able to really focus in on, on the one race that counts for us now. So um, super proud of, of this race team and, and everybody to, to give me the, the opportunity as a driver to, to go out there and do my job. So it all worked out well. NASCAR Live is brought to you by Lou Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of NASCAR. It works fast and you won't stink. And by Toyota. For the latest Toyota racing information, visit toyotaracing.com. From the MRN studios in Concord, North Carolina, here is your host, Mike Bagley. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of NASCAR Live here on the Motor Racing Network. Mike Bagley and the entire MRN crew here with you as we get deeper into the round of eight playoffs for the NASCAR Cup Series and the NASCAR Xfinity Series. It's going to be off to Homestead Miami Speedway coming up this weekend. Motor Racing Network back in the old broadcasting saddles to bring you live coverage of all three truck, Xfinity, and Cup races. And we're going to start this week with some NASCAR Xfinity Series action. Josh Berry got himself locked into the championship four in the Xfinity Series over the weekend by winning in Las Vegas. Plus, he's also gotten a contract extension. Josh is going to join us on our show today. We're going to look back at some of the best Homestead playoff moments. We're going to preview this weekend's Dixie Vodka 400 at Homestead Miami Speedway. Plus, we, on the heels of the news over the weekend, that Kurt Busch is stepping away from full-time Cup Series racing. We're going to pay tribute to his career and a whole lot more. But first, to get us started, as he does every week, Kyle Rickey is here with a check of the latest NASCAR headlines. Kyle? 
Mike, NASCAR has suspended Bubba Wallace for this weekend's race at the Homestead Miami Speedway. In response to Wallace retaliating against Kyle Larson early in Sunday's race at the Las Vegas Motor Speedway. There will be no additional fine or points penalty for Wallace due to the incident. In other penalty news, Kyle Busch's crew chief Ben Bayshore and two crew members have also been penalized following a wheel coming off of the number 18 car at Las Vegas. All three will be suspended for the next four races meaning the suspension will stretch into the 2023 season and the season-opening clash at the L.A. Coliseum. In other news, Spire Motorsports announced their Cup Series plans for next year on Tuesday morning. Corey LaJoy will remain the driver of the number 7 car, while Ty Dillon will join the team and drive the number 77 entry full-time. Dillon comes over from Petty GMS Racing, after it was announced earlier this year that Noah Gregson would drive the number 42 car in 2023. Finally, the first driver in the Xfinity Series Championship 4 will be back with his current team in 2023. After scoring the victory at Las Vegas Motor Speedway for the second straight year, Junior Motorsports announced on Tuesday morning that Josh Berry will be back in the 8 car next season. Mike? Thank you, Kyle. Coming up, we're going to visit with Josh Berry. He won Las Vegas. He's just got signed to a contract extension, and Josh Berry has his eyes on a championship trophy. Ruoff Mortgage wants to welcome you home with their fast and stress-free mortgage process. Ruoff knows that when you're ready to move, you want to keep things moving. From the moment you start, Ruoff makes sure the process moves quickly, often twice as fast as other lenders, so you can close quickly and settle in sooner. Visit Ruoff.com to learn how you can qualify for the fastest loan of your life. That's Ruoff, R-U-O-F-F dot This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. For the first time in his NASCAR Xfinity Series career, Josh Berry will race for a championship in two weeks at Phoenix for Junior Motorsports. Josh claimed his spot in the championship for last weekend at Las Vegas. And our Jason Toy had a chance to catch up with Josh as he took in his accomplishment. Joining us now is the driver of the number eight Chevrolet Camaro for Junior Motorsports and the most recent winner in the NASCAR Xfinity Series, Josh Berry. And Josh, that win, can we say that, puts you in to the play, into the championships coming up here in Phoenix. How much more, how much better, I guess, have you been sleeping here the last couple of days? Now it's definitely been been um, a lot better. Um, that was a huge moment moment for us and our team. I can't. It's so hard to understate the importance of that and, and, and a moment like that. I think for a number, you know, there's a number of reasons, but you know, for us, we sat down at the beginning of the year and felt like we were going, we were capable of being in the championship four. We just had to, you know, work and learn about each other and. And, and win races and, and do the things we needed to. And to accomplish that, a goal like that is, you know, definitely was definitely really meaningful. I mean, it's a huge deal. And to do it in the way we did, you know, the opening race of the round of eight, you know, it gives us a couple weeks to prepare and think a little bit. You know, I, I don't think you really change your mindset a whole lot over the next couple weeks, but, but it is a lot easier, right? I mean, just uh, 
you know, obviously the preparation of the car, but, you know, the logistics of getting family and friends and th different things like that to Phoenix. I mean, it just gives us a lot more time. So, I mean, it was just a big deal, really big deal. Um, you know, Junior Motorsports has had an amazing year. I think we all expected that we could get a number of cars in the in the championship four, but um, we're off to a good start with that for sure. You know, you talked about uh, in looking ahead, you guys felt like you had the what you needed to make it to that championship round. But I imagine for you, when you looked at this round of eight, three tracks that you do very well at. You've got Las Vegas, where you won at last year. Obviously, coming up this week, Homestead, Martinsville, where you've got to win, too. So I know you probably felt pretty good going into this round. But to start it off at Vegas to come away with a victory like that, at a track that you have to be aggressive to be able to take over positions there because how hard it is to pass. Yeah, I did. I mean, when the schedule came out in, in, you know, the early part of the year or late last year, you know, we look, you look at the playoff rounds and kind of, we felt like there was a separation between the two, right? You had the first round that we knew would be tough, right? I mean, super speedway racing, uh, the Charlotte Roval, that could be, uh, you know, just kind of some unknowns there. And Texas, you know, really wasn't a great place for us. I mean, we had some speed at times, but not a great track for us. But, you know, we knew the round of eight would be, you know, really three really strong tracks for us. Um, you know, Homestead's unique. Uh, you obviously, we've seen the championship races there with the, you know, people riding the wall and what can happen there. But still, we've had, we, you know, I've raced there a couple of times. We had some speed. We had some speed. We had some good runs. So, it's uh you know yeah it, it, and obviously you throw martinsville in there too so you know we felt confident you know we we knew you know i went into it i think you know this is my first playoff experience um and everyone has a different mindset and it's depends on your situation i feel like but um you know i even watched the cup race on sunday and i think you know, Latart, I feel like made some good points. It's like, you have to go into the, I feel like you have to go into these races with the mentality that you have to win. Like, you know, if you have a huge points gap, maybe you can race just a little bit more conservatively, but this, this round of eight, I mean, I think you got to race like you, you, you have to win. And, and that's, that's how I told myself. I told myself that when I got to this round, that that's how I was going to race there's going to be three opportunities for us. You know, if I finished second, second, and second, and we advanced on points, that would be great. But I was going to was gonna race to win. And, um, you know, it feels like I saved my, my best performance when it counted. Well, you came away with the big win at Las Vegas. And, of course, the, the, the good times continue to roll this week. Announced earlier today that you have got a, a new contract or you're going to be driving back again in the number eight car next year. How nice is that knowing going into the offseason – that your future is already taken care of for next season. Yeah, I know it was really special. Um, it was great timing. You know, great. It's, it's funny how things like that work. Um, I got asked in the media center about that, and I was like, "Yeah, well, just kind of stay tuned next week." Because, uh, but it's it's amazing how things like that work sometimes. And, but yeah, no, I'm really excited. Um, obviously, I've spent a long time at Junior Motorsports. It's been very fortunate uh, to be a part of here, a part of this place and be part of their family. So to continue that on another year is, is obviously amazing. Um, you know, never know, never know what could happen in the future, but, um, you know, I'm excited to go racing with these guys again. I feel like having a, you know, we, you know, this year has been a success without a doubt. Um, you know, three victories, lots of solid runs and now a championship four appearance. Um, you know, anything else that happens is, is gravy at this point. But, you know, I think we're positioned where, you know, statistically, if you look, these guys, you know, in their second, third year of Xfinity, 
um, you know, their success steps up even consider pretty considerably. So I'm excited for what's ahead. I know that, you know, there, there's a lot more for us to, to do together. 52 starts at Junior Motorsports in the Xfinity Series. I was doing percentages. I'm not good at math. So this is one thing that was a good accomplishment for me. 61% of your finishes have been top 10 in that short amount of time. Those are amazing numbers. Did you think back to when you started all this deal, when you're working as a bank teller <laughs> back in back in Tennessee to, to fund your racing there at the fairgrounds, that you'd be in a contention right now and was running as good as you are to be able to run for a championship in the Xfinity Series? Yeah, no, it's been just an amazing experience, right? I think I've, it's just hard to really, you know, it's hard to really put into words. I mean, I think that, you know, I spent a number of years, you know, I think back to those years too, and the opportunity that I got to come, you know, drive a late model car. I just remember the feeling and how excited I was just to go get to run a stock car, right? Because that was not something that was like financially or even remotely possible for, for us or my family. So, you know, just to come do that for Dale, I mean, that was a huge opportunity in itself. And then, you know, I moved here, began to work for them. You know, we worked on the, you know, we spent time in the late model program, continued to work on that and, and build it into what it is now and accomplish a lot of things there. And then, then you have this side of it with the whole Xfinity side and everything that's come about. I mean, it's just been a, just a whirlwind really. But, um, you know, I'm just, I'm just thankful for all the opportunities I've given. You know, it's like I've said before, I, a couple years ago, I really thought that I was going to be a career short track racer and that I would, you know, I would race a uh, late model car, whether that would be Dale's or somebody else's for however, you know, just however long we could make it work. And, and then I would go at, at that point, you know, I would decide what I was going to do next and, um, you know, to get that opportunity in the Xfinity series and turn it into one full-time year and now second full-time year. I mean, it's just a, it's just a really big deal and it's super hard to do nowadays. Here's an interesting stat for you from Josh Berry. He is one win shy of winning 100 races for junior motorsports. 94 of them have come in late models, obviously five in the NASCAR Xfinity Series. Coming up, we're going to look back at some of the best playoff moments at Homestead. And later, Todd Gordon will join us. This NASCAR season, every member of the Toyota racing team is doing their part to take the trophy home. Like sixth grader Melissa Kowalski, who changes true to true X on every true false quiz she takes. All my teachers are Martin Truex Jr. fans now. Keep up the great work, Melissa. To accomplish greater things this year, everyone plays a part. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. Homestead Miami Speedway has left us with several indelible moments over the years, serving as the site of NASCAR's championship weekends. Let's look back on some of Homestead's best playoff moments. For 18 years, NASCAR crowned its champions at Homestead Miami Speedway. But since 2020, Phoenix Raceway has been the host of the sports championship weekend. Despite the fact it no longer boasts an annual coronation across each of NASCAR's premier series, Homestead's importance in the history of the sport cannot be overstated, as several great playoff moments have occurred there throughout the years. For example, when the 2011 postseason began, two-time champion Tony Stewart had no wins and was not expecting to contribute much 
rushed to the 10-race spectacle. Stewart then reeled off five wins in 10 races, including the season finale at Homestead, where he beat Carl Edwards and clinched the title in a tiebreaker over Edwards. One of the greatest championship drives in NASCAR history. Less than a mile away from completion. Tony Stewart off turn two for the final time at Homestead. Here's Tony Stewart at the entrance of turn number three, putting a punctuation mark on the dramatic chase performance in 2011. Tony Stewart is off turn four. Had not won a race throughout the season until the chase began, and now he's won five, and he's won the Ford 400, and he's won the NASCAR Sprint Cup Series Championship. Stewart remains the only cup driver to earn his first win of the season in the playoffs and go on to win the championship. It's an honor to be in the same category with Alan Quickie, but, you know, Alan did it all on his own, and I got a great co-owner with Gene Haas, and Joe Custer helped put all this together with uh, Rick Hendrick, and just couldn't be more proud of our guys and our organization and uh, you know everybody Ryan Newman my teammate everybody on the U.S. Army uh, Tornado Chevy and just uh, just an honor to be here tonight. Jimmy Johnson's record-tying seventh Cup Series title did not come easily. After starting the season finale from the rear of the field due to a pre-race inspection failure, the Hendrick Motorsports driver did not lead until a restart in overtime. New leader Jimmy Johnson off the end of the back straightaway. He'll pull away by a car length, but here comes Larson around the outside. Johnson led the final three laps and solidified his name as one of the greatest to drive a stock car alongside Richard Petty and the late Dale Earnhardt. Kyle Larson trying to rally speed in the outside lane, but it's not there. Off turn number two, it's Jimmy Johnson with the lead. Here they come off the end of the back straightaway for the final time here in Homestead. It's Jimmy Johnson with the lead and a walk-off for the ages as he hits the main straightaway. They've been fighting adversity all weekend long. They've come through every one of the problems and they come home victorious. Jimmy Johnson wins at Homestead and scores on history-making seventh championship, tying the late Dale Earnhardt and Richard Petty. It, it means the world to me to tie Earnhardt and Petty. These guys are uh, legends of our sport, grew our sport and made it what it is today. For guys like myself to come along and compete, I am so thankful for their legacy for their families, their dedication to the sport, and the opportunities it's provided me and my family. And to join those guys, man, I, I just hope I can, I can carry the banner, carry the torch as they have. Um, this is just absolutely incredible. Three weeks before the 2018 season finale, last lap contact between Martin Truex Jr. and Joey Logano resulted in a win for Logano at Martinsville. Following the race, a displeased Truex declared that Logano may have won the battle, but he ain't winning the war. But on that final Sunday at Homestead, Logano took control of the war when he passed Truex for the lead with 12 laps to go. Here comes Logano on the high side. He drives it deep into turn number two, takes it all the way to the wall. Joey Logano to the lead on the back straightaway. Logano cruised to the win and his first cup title. Joey said the other day, it's the big three and me. Well, Mee's the one who's going to win it. Joey Logano in his 10th full-time season in the Cup Series is going to win at the Ford EcoBoost 400 and the 2018 Series Championship. The most unlikely of the four coming in is the one who prevails. It's amazing. You just you work so hard at it. You uh, Not just me, but this whole team. We we don't just commit weekends. We commit all, all year long, every day of the week. And, uh, man, just shows that when you give us a little bit of time to prep, we're right where we need to be. So, man, what a what a great team. What a great race car. 
I, I really honestly don't know what to say. The 2014 Cup Championship came down to a three-lap shootout with Kevin Harvick and Ryan Newman leading the way. Newman entered the race having not won any of the previous 35 races. Even though he had survived NASCAR's brand new elimination format designed to emphasize wins throughout the playoffs, he would fall short of the ultimate goal. Instead, Harvick held off Newman down the stretch to win the race and his first cup title. Harvick glued to the bottom of the racetrack. Newman, three car length back. He washes up on exit. Harvick gets away by four. For the final time up the back straightaway, they're racing for the win and they're racing for the championship. Kevin Harvick leads the way. Ryan Newman has used it all up. It's Harvick looking for the checkered flag and the title. Kevin Harvick has a five car length lead. He's off turn four, headed to the line. He sees the checkered flag waving. He's the winner of the Ford EcoBoost 400, and he is your 2014 NASCAR Sprint Cup Series champ. Uh, this week ate me up. If it wasn't for Jimmy Johnson and Tony Stewart, um, I'd have been in bad trouble this week. You know, those guys really helped me get through the week, and just, um, you know, today was fine. I was a little bit anxious both days in practice and overdriving the car and not doing things that I needed to be doing. And after every practice, Jimmy was in there. Our team debriefs, uh, Tony was constantly telling me, just go race. It's just another race. And, and um, today it was. It all worked out. Um, so just really proud of everybody. The playoff era of NASCAR got off to an interesting start thanks to Kurt Busch. Busch entered the season finale with an 18-point advantage in 2004 over Jimmy Johnson, who had won four times in the previous five races. Busch's championship hopes almost came apart on lap 93. As Busch attempted to enter pit road, the right front wheel came off and Busch barely avoided hitting the pit wall. Busch made it to pit road while the wheel rolled down the track, creating a caution. Already a near disaster and still a potential disaster for Kurt Busch. He got about midway between turns one and two, and the car just simply would not turn. He did an amazing job to keep the car off the wall. Ran literally two inches from the concrete all the way around through turns one and two. Kept it off the wall, immediately headed for pit road. Luckily, he was able to stay on the lead lap. While teammate Greg Biffle won the race and Johnson finished second, Busch placed fifth and clinched his first championship with an eight-point advantage over Johnson. Here's Biffle coming into the corner. Greg Biffle all by himself. Biffle's going to win the battle, and Bush will win the war. Greg Biffle coming off turn four, down to the start-finish line. He's been the strongest man all day. He'll win the season-ending Ford 400 in a Ford. Jimmy Johnson crosses the line in second. Jeff Gordon third. Tony Stewart finishes in fourth. And fifth is Kurt Busch, and he is the NASCAR Nextel Cup Series champion. It was an odd problem, and it was something that hadn't come up all year, and we feel like we dodged a huge, huge, devastating proposition that would have taken us out of this championship, and we pulled through. This weekend, the NASCAR Cup Series playoffs returned to Homestead Miami Speedway, where more dramatic playoff moments are sure to occur. Great job, as always, Kurt. We appreciate that. Coming up, championship-winning crew chief Todd Gordon will join us He'll provide his thoughts on this weekend's racing action at Homestead. And later, we'll look back on the career of Kurt Busch. Well, listeners, in case you didn't get enough sports today, here's an ad break that'll tell you how to watch even more sports. YouTube is the new home of NFL Sunday Ticket. And if you sign up now, you'll get our lowest full season price of the year. Just go to YouTube.com slash Spotify offer to get $100 off NFL Sunday Ticket. Watch your favorite teams out of market Sunday afternoon games exclusively on YouTube and YouTube TV. All right, enough about sports. Go get more sports. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends June 6. No refunds. This is NASCAR Live. 
Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. So glad you're spending your Tuesday evening with us here on the Motor Racing Network. And we're so glad our next guest is spending time with us as well. Our resident crew chief, championship winning and Daytona 500 winning crew chief, Todd Gordon, is with us. Todd, welcome back to NASCAR Live. How are we doing? I'm doing great. Loving the playoffs. It's been a it's been a great road so far. And just looking forward to what we got coming up. What do you like most about the playoffs that you've witnessed? Uh, the the unknowns, the the fact that you know you look at the first round, we didn't we, we had non playoff cars winning winning all three races. Uh, just you you had the forty three car winning Darlington. Yeah, just what a what a great kind of level field it's been, and so much that we just don't have a direction of what we think. I mean, there's there's the unknown because. At this point last year, you would have said it's going to be this guy, this guy, or this guy. And I, I really look at it. Joey Logano punched his ticket through, right, at Vegas. But I can make an argument for everybody, all this, all seven of the guys that are coming, that, that aren't guaranteed through, to produce at Homestead. There, there's not the knowns that we think it's going to be these four of these five. It's anybody out of these eight. And there's still guys outside of that that are running really well and can win. Now, you say you like the differences you get every weekend. Is this an obvious stark contrast from what you would like if you were still crew chiefing? Because i got to imagine that some of these crew chiefs are pulling their hair out right now, not knowing which way these things are going to go. If I'm Paul Wolf, I'm loving it because I'm not pulling my hair out for the next two weeks. And all seven of the guys that have a shot to join me are. And, and it is. I, I think there's a lot of stress to it, especially... You know, here's another situation. They did test there. Uh, there was an organizational test at Homestead, but we've not raced on this racetrack since what February of 21. Someplace back in there, it's uh, it's gotten older. It's gotten. I mean, it was wore out to start with. I love this racetrack. My favorite racetrack of all of them, Homestead Miami Speedway. Uh, progressive banking. Guys will be up on the wall. See who can not run on. The, who can run off the wall and have speed. Much like what we saw at Kansas. Um, you got to you got to be able to do that to pass cars. So um, just love where they're at. And and it, as as a crew chief, there's a lot of challenges with the unknowns. Before we do a deeper dive into Homestead coming up this weekend, wanted to get your thoughts uh, about what happened at Las Vegas. You mentioned Joey Logano has already guaranteed a seat at the championship four table to run for a title at Phoenix, but the race was punctuated with contact between Bubba Wallace and Kyle Larson. We anticipate NASCAR responding to that in short order. What did you see, and what are your thoughts about things going forward from that situation Sunday in Las Vegas? Yeah, I mean, there's, there's I think there's kind of probably three things there. Um, you know, there's there's the incident on racetrack, and hey, Bubba reacted. And that, that's one of the things in green flag racing, it happens. You know, it's, it's in... in where does that go? I, I think we've seen, I mean, my take on it, I think the precedent was set with a Noah Gregson penalty at, at Road America for intentionally wrecking somebody. Um, in, in the heat of the moment, thought he had been hit a couple times and and turned him back around. And NASCAR came back with a point and, and monetary penalty. I would think that kind of sets the precedent going forward. I think that's one of the pieces. The second one, and I think not probably focused on by a lot of the viewing public, but the rule book says you stay in your car until somebody, until medical attention gets to you. When did that comes down? But you're, you're supposed to stay strapped in and buckled in. So 
so that if a car comes around and there's something else that happens, you're you're in a safer environment. So he violated that and getting out of the car on his own and walking across the racetrack to get to Kyle Larson. I think that's that's something NASCAR will have to look at. And and then discounting and in, in the contact with the AMR official there, trying to get him back to a, a vehicle to ride to the medical center and, and kind of pushing that away. I think that's another one that that the NASCAR's gotta look at this weekend. So I there's a penalty coming. I, I feel fairly certain about it. Um, my take, it's going to be points in a, in a fairly substantial uh, um, monetary penalty. And, and I mean, there could be more than that. But I, my take right now is that I think that NASCAR is going to set the precedent here. And we'll all find out together what that response is. Stay tuned to Motor Racing Network. We'll keep you up to speed. We're chatting with Todd Gordon who, uh, as we head into Homestead Miami Speedway, mentioned a moment ago that Homestead is his favorite racetrack. Is that because you won a championship there four years ago? Um, I mean, uh, that, that that surely doesn't count against that. Um, but, uh, you know, just I love that racetrack for several reasons. One, the progressive banking. You know, you've got 17, 18, 19, 20 degrees of banking. It, it's kind of built through. This place in Kansas are both that way. You can run off at the wall, but there's a risk of hitting the wall. There's... Um, you know, you can run around the bottom on, on sticker tires for three, four, five laps and make some speed. Um, you know, the, there's so much wear and tire fall off. You'll see three seconds of lap time fall off in a fuel run. Um, so that brings the strategy pieces of the, of the crew chiefs of making the call. I love this place because, you know, you look at the stages at, at roughly 80 laps a piece and then 100 laps at the end. You can go 60-some laps on fuel. You're only going to go... You know, you're going to split that, that 80 laps and a half at 40, and a guy like me might think 36 might be the time to come because I'd get a jump on the rest of the guys. So I think there's strategies there. I think that final 100, depending on where cautions fall, if it's caution-free, I think you stop twice. I think you break it into like 32, 33 lap segments. And again, I might jump ahead of you at 28 or 9 just to see if I can make track position. Pit crews have to perform because you've got multiple stops under green here. Uh, getting to pit road, just all the challenges happen, and you're not, you can find a place to run that's away from the wake of somebody be ahead of you. Um, I think it just challenges every facet of racing and puts on a great show. Is there something to be said for the simplistic layout of Homestead Miami Speedway? In a way, it kind of reminds me of the old Atlanta. It is a traditional oval, there's no D shape to it, there's no double dog legs, it's two straightaways tied together by those progressively banked corners. Is there something to be said for simplicity here? Uh, I, I think there's there's a good point there. Um, you know, a lot of times you look at it, if you make a good run off a of turn two at these mile and a halves, you've got the whole backstretch to work on. And and when you get to off a of turn four, it opens up, the radius opens up differently, uh, making a run off of four becomes harder. And then you have, as you talk about, a lot of these places you have the dog legs that you you have to drive around somebody differently. Uh, you you basically got two back stretches at this place with with both uh, both straightaways being actual straights. Um, I, I think it's a great place to race. And even even in qualifying, uh, you know you'll see guys that maybe the top runs for for a while and then you know come into the checker they may run the bottom because they don't have to run the whole straight. So it, it creates different situations definitely. The Dixie Vodka 400 coming your way this weekend on the Motor Racing Network. Matter of fact, Todd's going to join Jeff Striegel, Alex Hayden in the tower. We'll have live coverage coming your way from South Florida. Todd, appreciate the perspective. We'll see you this weekend in South Florida. Looking forward to it. Great, great race and one everybody should tune into.
That is Todd Gordon. Indeed, you should. And if you can get there, be there. It's going to be a fun weekend, and we can't wait to bring you coverage of the Cup Race and obviously the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series and the NASCAR Xfinity Series as well. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. This past Saturday morning at his hometown racetrack of Las Vegas Motor Speedway, Kurt Busch announced that he would be stepping away from full-time racing. Busch has been out of the number 45 car at 2311 Racing since a qualifying crash at Pocono in late July where he suffered concussion-like symptoms when healthy, Bush, the 2004 Series champion, has been able to accumulate 34 NASCAR wins spread across nearly a quarter of a century. He ranks 25th on the all-time win list. Let's now hear from Kurt while looking back on some of his career-defining moments. Racing's all I've ever known. You know. My passion, my work ethic, and my persistence has helped me reach all the dreams that a kid could dream of. There's not one reason why uh, or one person or one circumstance that has made a stronger difference than another. Uh, it's taken everything and, and everyone. With that said, uh, I know I'm not 100% in my ability to go out and race at the top level of the NASCAR Cup Series. Uh, these are the best of the best drivers, and lately I haven't felt my best. Uh, the doctors have come to the conclusion that it's best for me to shut it down for this season. And even though I've made solid gains and I've been working with all the top specialists and the team at Toyota Performance Center, I'm still not 100% and I'm still not cleared to race. As I continue to focus on my health towards being cleared, I'll be stepping away from full-time NASCAR Cup Series competition in 2023. My long-term health is priority number one, and I don't feel committing at this point to compete for a championship next year is in my best interest or the best interest of the team. Kurt Busch not being pressured. Here's Biffle coming into the corner. Greg Biffle all by himself. Biffle's going to win the battle, and Busch will win the war. Greg Biffle coming off turn four down on the start-finish line. He's been the strongest man all day. He'll win the season-ending Ford 400 in a Ford. Jimmy Johnson crosses the line in second. Jeff Gordon third. Tony Stewart finishes in fourth. And fifth is Kurt Busch, and he is the NASCAR Nextel Cup Series champion. So this is more of being unselfish and respecting what has to happen in this industry, and that's to, to know how to make a team move forward. And I believe in 2311 and everyone here. And for me, I will get back to 100%, I promise. I have a great team of specialists. Uh, Toyota Performance Center has been wonderful, and I will keep pushing myself and my health to get back that priority first and then we can decide about racing afterwards. Here's Bush to the bottom of the racetrack looking for the checkered flag in the Sprint All-Star race in Charlotte. He's come close before, runner-up back in 2003. Tonight, though, he will win the NASCAR Sprint All-Star race. Kurt Busch gets the victory and a million dollars. You know, different wrecks this year um, have made it tough in, in the grind to get back each week to 100%. That was, that was starting to get tough this summer. And then with... With the accident at Pocono, it's just, it's again, part of everything that's kind of added up. It's not one circumstance more than the other. And the, the new car, this next-gen car, we have to continue to make it safer. 
We have to learn from each of the circumstances, whether it's mine, whether it's Chastain's, uh, whether it's Bowman's, whether it's um, Cody Ware. Uh, there's been a ton of hits that we're all learning from and finding the, the areas that we need to improve. Bush trying to go to the outside. Here comes Ryan Blaney. Blaney looking to go three wide up the middle. It's Kurt Bush to the lead on the backstretch. Kyle Larson is out of gas. Kurt Bush goes to the lead. Ryan Blaney goes to second. They're three wide behind them. Up front, Kurt Bush leads the day total 500 to three. Kurt Bush all by himself at the front of the field, but will he make it back around? Has three car lengths over Kyle Larson and AJ Allmendinger off of turn four. It's Kurt Busch looking for the checker. Kurt Busch leads the Daytona 500. He's never won before at Daytona, a former series champion. He will fix that today, winning a 59th edition of the great American race. You know, the, the young kid that was a blue-collar kid out of Vegas that made it to the bigs, and when I got there, I wasn't quite prepared for the big stardom and the, the corporate side of it and the, and the professional side of it. And it was kind of a learn as you go. Um, I don't, I don't regret anything. I don't look back on anything that was, that was, right, wrong, or indifferent. It was, it was a fun journey with with Roush Racing and with Penske, uh, racing with Finch and, and with Barney, uh, with SHR, and you know with Ganassi, and now with 2311. Each of the race teams that I've been with, what's unique is that there's been a champion that I've raced alongside or one was developing. So with with my time with Chastain, he's going to be a winner. He's going to be something special in this sport. Larson was a teammate of mine at, at Ganassi. Uh, we've got Tyler Reddick coming in. We have Bubba here. You know, when I look back on things, Keslowski was a, a champion uh, when we were just a year after I left Penske. And then me and Kenseth were together as kind of the, the two brats early in my career. So it, all the teams, all the drivers, all the sponsors, it's it's been fun, but I think the biggest thing that I always wanted to give fans was I'm going to show up to race hard and to race smart and to be somebody that they could root for and count on for a top 10 finish every week. He's put the lap traffic behind him. He's put Kyle Larson behind him. He's put the field behind him. Kurt Busch, the leader. Here he comes up off of turn number four. Kurt Busch sees the checkered flag, and Kurt Busch wins the Advent Health 400 at Kansas Speedway. Kurt Busch will take Michael Jordan to victory lane in the heartland. Kurt Busch wins it. And my passion is, is what will continue to push me to find the, the other things that are still missing, whether it's a, a win at Darlington. I've never won at Darlington. That one slipped through my fingers a bunch of times. Uh, Watkins Glen, that was a, a tough one to, to not race there this year because that was a big one on my list because I've never won up there. I finished second to uh, Montoya. Um, you know, like Michigan, this might sound weird, but I've won there with Chevy. I've won there with Dodge. I've won there with Ford. I wanted to win there with Toyota this year, and I didn't get that chance, and we had a really good car. Uh, and so there's just those little moments and little tracks of things that I want to accomplish still. But then it's like the bucket list items of going around the world and going with Monster and going with Toyota, whether it's Le Mans, whether it's Australia, racing in Asia. That, that's still my push, and that was going to be uh, the goals once I was done with full-time cup. Uh, things are just happening a little sooner. Quite a champion and quite a Hall of Famer to be. That is Kurt Busch. Coming up, we'll preview this weekend's Dixie Vodka 400, and later we'll flash back to the 2011 Ford 400. 
NASCAR Live is brought to you by Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of the Motor Racing Network. Blue Emu is family owned and manufactured here in America. It works fast and you won't stink. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. Homestead Miami Speedway may no longer be the site of the NASCAR season finale, but its importance heading into this weekend cannot be understated. Joey Logano is into the whole championship round with three spots up for grabs. Who will join him? Our Kyle Ricky takes us through it. Miami. We know one driver who will be racing for a championship next month at Phoenix after Joey Logano tracked down Ross Chastain in the closing laps at Las Vegas to secure one of the four spots. This Sunday, the series heads to the Homestead Miami Speedway with another spot in the championship four on the line. It has been 19 months since the NASCAR Cup Series has raced in South Florida, with the 2021 race taking place in March. That race was won by current playoff contender William Byron. If Byron were able to score his second Homestead victory, he will race for a championship for the first time in his career. For the Hendrick Motorsports driver, his confidence level at Homestead is always high, but this race will be unpredictable because of the time that has passed since the series last competed there. We're so far removed, like you said. I mean, Rudy and I were in our third race together, first oval race, and was able to go win that. Um, so we had we had that initial fire off, you know, confidence, I guess. And then, um, yeah, we've had a test session there with this next gen car, and we've had some different things uh, throughout the year to learn the next gen car. So I, I don't know. It's it's such a guessing game of you know, what's going to happen when we get there uh, this time around. But Homestead is a good track for me. I love, love going there and I uh, love the multiple grooves and running against the fence and stuff. So I, I feel like when I show up there, I feel optimistic that I'm going to run well. Homestead is a 1.5 mile progressively banked track, but its shape and surface makes it unique to any other intermediate track on the circuit. Teams will go with a baseline though, after a two-day test session there last month. Ross Chastain says that test was extremely beneficial for his team, especially with the limited practice time that they'll have this weekend. Strong. Uh, we both tested at Homestead. He had the first day, so I got his uh, old used-up race car he had hit the wall with like 17 times, and then I went out and hit it 17 more. To, uh, that test was a, an opportunity to just go and uh, Trackhouse was very upfront with us that they would rebuild the car between the two days and throughout the day if we needed to. And we both went and put a big emphasis on, you know, truly not caring. And I went out the very first run of the second day of the test and spun out and was totally fine and like put tires on it, keep going, keep going. And that's just not been the case this year. And it's tough to do that, you know, with a 20 minute practice Put yourself at risk as evidenced by tyler reddick winning at texas and logano this past weekend in las vegas the dominance that toyota was perceived to have at these style racetracks has diminished ryan blaney says that he feels his team closed the gap at kansas and texas and that the test at homestead was a part of the reason why the toyotas have been really strong a mile and a half um i felt like you know they were very strong at kansas uh, I felt like we closed the gap a little bit to them at Kansas. And then we went to Texas and I thought we even closed the gap a little bit more. Hopefully you just keep going that direction and knowing, you know, there's two mile and a half in this round. You have to put a massive emphasis on those. So uh, I think we're trending in the right direction. Uh, I've been proud of the progress that we've made the last two mile and a half races. And you just hope that they apply 
I thought we had a pretty good homestead test a couple weeks ago. Uh, I thought we learned a lot of things at that place. So uh, we'll see if we can apply them. Uh, I, I think we're getting closer and it's, it's time to get closer, you know, obviously coming down to crunch time here. And, uh, so we made good progress. Hopefully it shows up. One of the things that is a hallmark to Homestead is that most drivers will be running just inches from the outside wall all day long. Kevin Harvick says that being able to run the wall will be as important as ever this year. Yeah, you better run the wall. <laughs> you know, I think that's that's just going to be, you know, part of the, it always is the best way around Homestead. But, you know, I think as, as you look at this car, it's a little more durable than, than what, we've, what we've had with the old car as far as rubbing the wall and things like that. So you can be a little bit more aggressive of, of putting the car where it needs to be on the racetrack. At least I can. Um, in, my, in my thought process, I'm sure I'll do something that, that won't be right. But, you know, I think you have to be able to be comfortable running up there and, and doing the things that you need to do uh, because that's going to be important as we go there. From 2014 to 2019, the driver that mastered running the wall at Homestead was crowned champion. That won't be the case this year, but seven drivers are still eager to win the Dixie Vodka 400 and lock themselves in as one of Joey Logano's championship four competitors at Phoenix. Thank you, Kyle. Coming up, we'll flash back to the 2011 Ford 400 at Homestead. Today's broadcast is brought to you by Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of the Motor Racing Network. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. We're about to head for the exits on this week's NASCAR Live. Before we do, our classic race this week will be the 2011 Ford 400 from Homestead Miami Speedway. Separation has exactly extended now to 1.1 seconds. If there's anything left for Carl Edwards, he's going to have to show it now. Stewart climbs the banking around the lap machine of Dave Blaney headed for three. He completes the pass on Blaney. Juan Pablo Montoya sees Tony Stewart coming. He'll pull the target Chevrolet to the inside of the racetrack. Stewart will complete the pass and now close in on Jeff Bodine. The closest Carl Edwards has been to Tony in this last 10 or 15 laps was about eight-tenths of a second back. Right now, Carl Edwards is posted one and one-tenth seconds back, so it's kind of like a Mon G cord. It stretches and closes up. Let's see how it's going to end up. They're back in turn two. Stewart around the outside of the Jeff Bodine lap machine. Pulling away now from Carl Edwards. Edwards trying to thread his way through traffic. Can't find the real estate off two. Oh, and he gets boxed in for a moment behind Dave Blaney now. But, uh, here's Edwards to the high side of the racetrack. Finally gets around the Blaney car. And at a cost of a car length, maybe two. Tony Stewart works his way off turn number four. Comes to the line. It is two laps to go in the Ford 400. The separation back to Carl Edwards still is just over a full second. They're in turn one. After 36 races, who could have believed it could possibly end in a tie? Tony Stewart at the front of the pack. No more lap traffic to deal with. He'll look for the white flag next time. The tension's so thick here at Homestead Miami Speedway, you can cut it with a knife. Everybody wondering and waiting and seeing if Carl Edwards can do anything to shut down the distance and take the win away from Tony Stewart. Waiting for him to cross the line. White flag will go in the air for him, indicating one lap to go for Tony Stewart. What a job he has done here tonight, and so has Carl Edwards. Let's follow what happens down in turns one and two. One of the greatest championship drives in NASCAR history. Less than a mile away from completion. Tony Stewart off turn two for the final time at Homestead. Here's Tony Stewart at the entrance of turn number three, putting a punctuation mark on the dramatic chase performance in 2011. Tony Stewart is off turn four. Had not won a race throughout the season until the chase began, and now he's won five 
and he's won the Ford 400, and he's won the NASCAR Sprint Cup Series Championship. Tony Stewart comes across the line victorious tonight in South Florida. Hear that classic race on MRN Classics this week and on MRN.com. This MRN flashback has been brought to you by Mahindra. Race fans, don't forget to cheer for Chase Briscoe in the Mahindra Tractors number 14 car and race into your local dealer for big savings on Mahindra, the official tractor of tough. We'd like to thank Josh Berry for stopping by. Also, Todd Gordon for making time for us. I'm Mike Bagley. For the rest of the MRN crew, we thank you for checking us out as well. Don't forget, NASCAR Live Wide Open comes your way Thursday. NASCAR Live Race Day back on the air Sunday from Homestead, Miami Speedway. And until we speak again, so long, NASCAR everybody. Live is a production of the Motor Racing Network with studios in Concord, North Carolina, and was brought to you by Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief, the official pain relief cream of NASCAR. It works fast, and you won't stink. And by Toyota. For the latest Toyota racing information, visit toyotaracing.com. Today's broadcast was directed by Trey Downey and Julian Council. The executive producer for MRN is Ryan Horn. Remember to visit MRN.com for all of the latest news and information. NASCAR Live is produced under an exclusive license with NASCAR. Any use of the accounts and descriptions contained in this broadcast must be with the express written permission of NASCAR and the Motor Racing Network. Buying a house can feel like you're going 200 miles per hour in bumper-to-bumper traffic with a dirty windshield and the sun in your eyes. Ruoff Mortgage has the technology, expert staff, and resources to simplify the process while speeding up the time it takes to get clear to close. So while getting a loan can seem intimidating, Ruoff Mortgage will have you opening the door to your new home fast and stress-free. Visit Ruoff.com to learn more. That's Ruoff.com.